Welcome to Fill to Flourish with Luke and Lauren, where emotional health takes a stage and your story matters. We are thrilled to announce that Lauren and I are launching a global virtual therapy practice. We'll be specializing in trauma healing and brain retraining for those suffering from the effects of chronic stress and trauma in their bodies and minds. We'll begin seeing clients in May. So if you're interested, head over to our newly launched social media pages and our website, flourishtherapy.co, to learn more or join the waitlist. We'll be sure to put the links in the descriptions of this episode and share more information in future episodes. Okay, so it's time to get started. Welcome to all of you who are listening to this or listening to the recording. We're so glad that you want to learn more about Um, healing and wholeness and finding your way back to acceptance, which is what this webinar is about. Last webinar was all about safety and how safety is really foundational to healing. So you can check that out if you haven't seen that one yet. Uh, This one, we're going to explore all about acceptance. And we think it will be such a huge encouragement to you wherever you are um, on your journey of healing and pursuing wholeness. So just a few logistics. Um, There's no mic on or video on for recording purposes. So if you have any questions as we're going along, just go ahead and put them in the comments and we will do a QA and a at the end. Um, And yeah, let's get started. All right, so we'll just introduce ourselves to those of you who are watching and don't know who we are. We are Luke and Lauren Smallcomb. We're the practitioners at Flourish Therapy. I'm a mental health practitioner practitioner with over 10 years of experience. Uh, Lauren is a mind-body practitioner, and she's had 15 years of experience in the health field. Uh, we've got, had both had our own journeys of how we've gotten into this interest of um, mental health and uh, mind-body connection, um, going through our own story and our own journey of uh, finding healing and wholeness, uh, and we've just become passionate as we've learned about our, how we've gained uh, more of a healthier and healed more, and just wanted to share it uh, more with people who who have similar experiences. Um, so a little bit about ourselves, a little interesting facts are that me and Lauren have been married for almost 16 years. Next month will be 16 years. We have four kids and we live in Thailand. We've been living here for about five years. Love living here. It's a great place, it's beautiful. And we have a virtual global practice that opens May 1st, uh, seeing clients, but uh, bookings start today, actually. And we'll give you more information about that later, but that's some just fun facts about us. So a little bit about who is this presentation for? Who is this information for? Uh, If you feel stressed, anxious, or lacking peace, we think that this could be helpful. Feeling disempowered, struggling with anger, having difficulties in relationships, chronic health issues, feel held back from life, from the life you want, if, those, if you can relate to those things, then we feel like that this information can be really helpful for you, but not just this one, but this whole series will be helpful for you, helping you um, find language and direction of how to 
um, find healing and wholeness. So this picture uh, are the pillars of healing. Um, so acceptance, beauty, compassion, slowing down, embodiment. Those are all the pillars of healing. Uh, and they're the tenets in which nervous system regulation is built or restored. Uh, and we're going to focus today on acceptance. And acceptance can be challenging because it is it highlights our binary thinking as people. We, we are kind of good or bad, all or nothing, um, but healing and life, there's a lot of nuance in it. And as humans, we tend to favor the good. Uh, we tend to favor uh, success um, and we uh, discourage or shame struggle. Uh, but the healing journey is all about acceptance of both the good and the bad. So in that, uh, we want to invite you to a, a broader, more nuanced view of acceptance and what a lifestyle of acceptance can, can bring to, to you and to your healing. Um, just like it's full of nuance, it's also full of paradox. So usually in life, we fight for things that we want. But with healing, healing is really um, specific and unique in that when we want to heal our body or our mind, spirit, resistance actually contributes to the lack of healing. So resistance hinders our healing. There's two primary ways that this happens in protection that our body resists what is. The two different ways are fighting it. And this is in sympathetic um, activation, the nervous system state, sympathetic, like fight or flight. So we fight, resist what is in our mind and through our actions. The other way is to be completely consumed and buried by it. And this is usually happens in the shutdown mode of the nervous system when it just feels so big and consuming and we feel trapped and we kind of turn off and shut down. That's not actually acceptance. Neither one of these are acceptance. Um, they're both a form of resistance. But the safe and social um, nervous system mode fosters acceptance of what is and openness to what can be. And we really believe and see that this safe and social, also known as ventral, this is our regulated state. This is the state where acceptance can really deeply be cultivated. And we just want to remind um, our listeners that acceptance isn't just some um, cognitive agreement that we make like okay I want to accept my life I want to accept these things so that I can get better it's something that comes from the state that we're in it comes from our nervous system state our ability to have access to acceptance so when we're dysregulated and when we're out of this safe and social state it's very very hard to accept something that feels physiologically and mentally as threat as bad dangerous. And so that's why nervous system regulation um, contributes to being able to accept and acceptance contributes to having a more regulated nervous system. It's one of those relationships that goes like this. 
And so keep that in mind as we're talking through this. This isn't just cognitive. This is a full body experience from a regulated state. And so nervous system regulation is something that is, is deeply wound into this and fostering nervous system regulation will help us grow in acceptance. What we resist persists. This was said several decades ago and remains to be true today, that whatever we were, were resisting, the thing that we hate, the thing that we want to change, that we have such disdain for or such uncomfortableness with, um, it, as we resist that, it will continue to persist in our lives. Taking away the expectation of what should be and acknowledging the reality of what is, is acceptance. So accepting, so kind of what Lauren was just saying, piggybacking off of her, uh, but we resist, persist. If we, if we give ourselves that should be, we should be doing this, we should be better, we should have done that, uh, we ought to, uh, we could have done better. It's all of that uh, pressure of trying to fight a way to, a, to performing better, to being better. Um, there's a lot of pressure there. But if we can accept what is, so accepting our best, oh, we tried. Uh, so a lot of times there's a perfectionistic, unrealistic, there's unrealistic expectations or there's perfectionistic um, shoulds that we put on ourselves of, and all of that is just creating that stress, creating that um, hypervigilance, that sympathetic, that activating that sympathetic part of our nervous system. But we have to, we're inviting you to shift and to accept, uh, hey, I, I did my best. Uh, I did my best on the test. I did this, my best on this project. I'm doing my best. I'm still, I'm trying. Um, we have to understand our capacity and accept this is just where I'm at right now. Uh, there's a great book. Uh, um, trying softer. It's a, just that helping that you accept your capacity, uh, what you're capable of in different seasons, being aware of that, taking off that pressure of uh, being perfectionistic and those shoulds. So we have to accept where we're at, the pace we're in, the capacity we have. We also have to accept other people, other people's abilities, and not wishing that they could be better as well, not trying to make them better. So like as parents, that's, that can be difficult, wishing our kids were, were this way or that way and trying to make them that. Um, in certain relationships, we try to fix or, or uh, not live in reality of, of, of what this relationship is. So it's accepting our, who, where we're at, um, having realistic expectations on ourselves, a uh, realistic view and understanding of where we're at, what capacity we have. Also um, uh, accept other people for where they're at. Allowing what is without resistance to it 
it doesn't mean enjoying it. It's about finding a level of peace and neutrality about it. So again, acceptance is all about living in reality. It's, and this can be really hard when there's trauma and when there's hurt, we, we adapt, but we, this is about learning to live in reality of what is, what, what was. Um, so before I go any farther, I just wanna give a little caveat about abuse and toxicity. toxicity. So we want to accept what is, but when it comes to abuse and toxicity, we are not saying accept abuse. We're not saying um, accept toxic relationships. We're actually saying see them for what they are as well. Accept the reality of that abusive relationship, of that abusive person, of the toxicity in this area. And by accepting it, when we accept it, that helps us be able to find a way to safety and not live in a, a made-up reality of, of hoping that things will get better and things aren't as worse as they could be. So that's just a little caveat about abuse and toxicity. We're not saying accept that. We're saying see that as for what it is as well. Um, going back to just uh, the hard, um, we're not saying ignore the hard. We're not saying enjoy the hard. Um, we're saying accept what is. And sometimes we're accepting what, how our bodies react to what is. And sometimes when it's hard, we want to uh, shame ourselves about how oh, we should be able to respond better. We should be able to do this better. And that's just, that, that's not helpful. That's, that's resisting, that's fighting. That's, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more later. That's causing that internal, more turmoil internally. Uh, we want to see what is for what it is, hard, understand what's happening. Um, and as we acknowledge that, we, that gives us the opportunity to find a way of living within the hard, because uh, we're able to see reality and what's happening to here or in the past and how our bodies are responding to it, which gives us more information that can help us find ways to, to live within it or find ways to change the circumstances that we are in. If I could define enlightenment briefly, I would say it's the quiet acceptance of what is. We just love that quote, the quiet acceptance of what is. And that's what this is all about. Um, acceptance of our own story brings significant grief when we can really get to that place of being able to see it, like Luke said, not in denial or not in um, rationalization, but actually see our story and the pain parts, the wounds, the traumas for what they are brings grief. And so you really can't have a conversation about acceptance without delving into grief and story work. Which takes us to this next slide of talking about grief and story work. So uh, for those of you who are listening, th this slide is a, it's a U diagram of grief and it's been adapted. Um, but it's a, a diagram I use a lot when working through stories and, and grief. And on the left side of the top of the U, it has trauma, loss, and pain. 
And on the bottom of the view, there's grief. And on the right side, the top of the right side, there's healing and restoration. And this is a really helpful diagram because uh, I believe because um, it just, it's a great invitation and um, description of the journey of grief. So on the, we start on the top left of trauma, loss and pain. That's where something happens. It's either the event happens or the recognition of, of it happening or recognition of how our body is experiencing it. When that happens, there's an invitation down the you towards grief. And the invitation is to sit in that, to enter into that grief. But if we haven't accepted those, those things as they truly are, or given us space to uh, accept it, then we, a lot of times we start feeling that grief and we pop up uh, above that the you. And we um, try to find our own way of, of healing. And a lot of times that's through dissociation, uh, numbing, ignoring, um, minimizing, uh, distracting, because it's hard to sit and that, to enter in that grief and feel those pain, that uncomfortable feelings. So a lot of times we don't have the tools, but uh, we're inviting for an acceptance of those griefs to look at that, to acknowledge reality of the present and the past. And as we accept that, we can become aware of how our body is reacting. We can become aware of the reality of what, what happened and how that's affected us, the loss we've, we've had from it, uh, the pain it's caused. And the more we become aware of the reality, the more we become empowered to change how we respond from how we respond compared to how we react. And we enter into that grief and we experience more understanding. Uh, we start working through that grief fully. And as we're doing that, our bodies are work best through this. Um, I mean, I know I've experienced that most everybody I've worked with has experienced that when we pop up, we, um, we have temporary relief, but it always comes back. We always find our bodies still reacting, but as we're working through it, our body starts releasing and working differently, releases chemicals of, uh, that bring hope, that bring healing, that, bring, that moves us towards progress, that um, has a hope for the future. And that's where that healing and restoration comes in. Um, we start uh, seeing things as reality. We start caring for ourselves. Um, and we will do that naturally. It's, it's that, uh, what we recess process, what we accept helps us move forward. So um, as we just re accept and um, enter in that grief, our bodies work our way through the grief in that process. And there's, there's intentionality, but uh, it's not something we have to create. It's just something we have to join. Um, and sometimes we can look at this grief, you and say, be overwhelmed by, oh my goodness, how do I get all the way through this? And what I think is a, a great hope is along the big you, there's little use. There's little invitations along the way of, hey, there's 
this, there's this loss. Can you acknowledge it? Just the acknowledgement brings us through a little bit of restoration. It moves us to the next level. And we just have those little invitations throughout the way and one, one bite at a time, one day at a time, one choice at a time, as we're engaging with the grief before and eventually we move through the whole process. So thanks for explaining that, Luke. Um, grief work has been a huge part of our own journey and we would be um, lacking if we didn't educate and invite people to that place as the body has so much it wants to release and heal us from. Um, two things quick on that. Doing grief work is incredibly challenging, can be uh, very painful, very triggering, and it can lead to a lot of dissociation mm -hmm. um, if the body doesn't feel resourced to handle what it's facing. So we encourage you, if you feel that invitation to grief come, a memory, a thought, a feeling. We invite you to find a trusted close friend who can go to those hard places with you, a mentor, a counselor, someone who can help you journey through that you because um, there's a reason a lot of people pop up, just avoid it. Yeah, just yeah. go right to that bridge on top and spiritually bypass or whatever because it is, it is I would say, some of the hardest work that humans do is grief work. Um, totally agree. Thank you for saying that because it is really important to know that you don't have to do this on your own. Mm -hmm. Like it is a scary process. It is intimidating. It's overwhelming. Yeah. But it's, but you are capable of it. Mm -hmm. And if you have somebody who can walk you through it or enter in there with you, uh, mm -hmm. it's so it, it really helps that process. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and I just thought of a quick story that I wanted to tell you. Um, when I was about, when I was getting ready to have my second child, um, I remember talking to a midwife. I was giving birth at a birth center where I actually worked as well. And I remember I was, I was talking about the pain, like, how do I possibly do this? Because my first birth was medicated uh, and the second wasn't going to be. And I remember her saying to me, you have to, uh, she said, <laughs> think of pain like this big grizzly bear towering over you. And if you fight it, it will devour you. But if you can just uh, relax into the pain, to, to yield to the pain and not resist it, it will flow through you. And soon, you know, eventually that baby will, will come and the pain will be gone and the joy will be there. Um, and so grief isn't, isn't exactly like a baby at the end, but it, it has gifts. It has such beautiful gifts that it can give us if we can um, do what this acceptance talk is all about, is not resist it, but, but yield to it and allow that intuitive process to happen in our bodies and minds. Again, with support is, is always encouraged. So, okay, what not to accept and what to accept. This is a crucial part to understand as you're delving into acceptance because acceptance can be weaponized and used as a way to silence people and make them accept things that are not acceptable. And so we are not here to do any of that. We're not here to say, promote some type of passivity um, to evil or to wrong. No, that's not what acceptance is. 
there's things that we should accept and that we shouldn't. And we want to show like with no question that abuse and harm are never things that we should be accepting, um, that we should feel like we have to accept and that we should accept. So that is a whole nother conversation, um, but we do wanna just throw out there that the perception of abuse is very, very limited in most societies. It's seen as physical, physical abuse, punching, kicking, hitting. Uh, we want to educate that abuse is a spectrum and there are many types of abuse. There's actually 13 um, patterns and systems of abuse that you can read up on that Sarah McDougall has written about in a book. And we did a podcast on as well. So there are many, many types of abuse. It is not just physical and those things uh, destroy us as humans. And so those are never okay. And we don't wanna encourage acceptance of those. What to accept is the realities of our life, seeing them clearly and fully and living in the reality. Uh, we see acceptance as this really nice middle ground between many extremes. And so on one end might be passivity and then the other end might be aggression and fighting and resistance. Um, but acceptance is somewhere in the middle. And so that's what we're, we're trying to elaborate on today. So accepting the power and control that we have and accepting the power and control that we don't have. Many of us keep trying to have power where we don't actually have any power and we keep spinning our wheels because that's not a place where we have power. And in doing so, we forfeit the power that we do have, okay? And then many, many of us feel so stuck and so disempowered um, in our lives that we don't recognize the immense power as an autonomous human that we do have. And so it's kind of like the seesaw is opposite of what it should be. The places where we don't have power, we are striving for power. And the places where we actually have loads of power, we forfeited it. So we wanna kind of balance that seesaw out and help us to embrace the reality of the power that we do have. So what we don't have power over, we'll talk about. The big one that's probably coming to your mind is other people. We cannot change, control, manipulate, um, force other people to do anything that they don't wanna do. And we learn this early on in life. If we have children or see children that you put a piece of food in their mouth, they're one and a half years old. You cannot force that child to swallow. And all your perceptions in life of, oh, I can make someone do what they need to do, what's best for them, you recognize quickly, no, you actually cannot. Um, and so recognizing that we don't have power over other people actually frees us to realize that we do have power over, and that's ourselves and our choices and our safety. Um, and the other thing we want to explore for a minute is our bodily symptoms and sensations. So if you've looked into our work, we do a lot of mind-body work and a lot of recovery from chronic illness. However, we want it to be clear that we don't actually have power and control in moment to moment of our bodies, but we have influence over our bodies. And so a lot of people, when they begin to heal, whether it's anxiety or chronic illness, chronic pain, they want to be able to stop and control symptoms or sensations when they feel it. 
when really it's another place that acceptance comes in of responding differently to those very unpleasant feelings that we have. And our response is where our power lies. And our response is where actually our healing lies as well. So the third thing is life circumstances, past, present, or future. We can influence all of these things. We can influence other people. We can influence our body. And we can influence life circumstances. But we can't completely have power and control over them. And accepting that and realizing that helps us to lean into what we can control. So what is that list? What do we have power over? Our voice, our yeses, our noes, our safety, the support that we give ourselves, the way we take care of ourselves, our boundaries, our rhythms, and our responses. Trauma has a way of rendering us powerless. But the amazing shocker of all of it is we're actually not powerless. This is a felt powerlessness. It's not an actual powerlessness. If we are out of it, that situation, we no longer are powerless to it. We can heal and we can gain back our power and our voice. Um, a big part, we lose these things, our yeses, our noes, our safety. We lose these things from trauma and hardship and loss. And a big part of healing from them and coming back from them is learning to reclaim all of these things and build these back in our lives. And watching it happen is an incredibly beautiful process. It's harder than heck, but it is amazing to witness and to see in ourselves because it brings such life. Sometimes during this journey, we feel stuck, but you're not stuck. Healing is very possible. And that's what we want you guys to understand is uh, even in the midst of feeling like we're stuck, we're not stuck. We, the feeling of being stuck is actually just a trauma response. It's that Lauren was just saying is that that felt powerlessness, uh, that, that, that um, feeling of, I can't do it. I can't overcome this. I'm not strong enough, but healing is possible. Just look at what you've already overcome. Look at what you've overcome to get to here. Maybe even today, what have you overcome to get to listening to this? But what has God, what have you overcome to get to this part of your story? You might not always be as far as you want or where you want, but again, that's part of the acceptance of we're on a journey. We're still progressing uh, and we've progressed. We've gotten to where we are. So I invite you to look at that part. Focus on where have you come from rather than where do you want to be? Sometimes we can, we can miss out on the journey, even the hard parts of the journey, because we're focusing on where we want to be. But if we can focus on where we are, the reality of what is, and accept that, that can be, that's a part of getting you to where you want to be. But it's not and, about- Oh, sorry, sorry, Luke. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's not about- uh, um, I did, it's okay. <laughs> um, 
So it's just being, um, so yeah, it's being present in the journey is part of the acceptance. Yeah. Because uh, trauma not only makes you feel stuck, but it takes you away from being connected to yourself, connected to your journey. And, and so acceptance, part of acceptance is being present, being present in this moment. Uh, that's what I was going to say. It's, we're not even telling you to forget or to not think about where you want to be. You want to have that. But it's about accepting where you're at and, and the journey towards where you want to be. Because we always want to know where we're going. Yeah, I was just going to add that um, it's amazing the amount of shame, and you talk about this in the next slide, but the amount of shame and self-contempt that we can have for ourselves when we um, go through hard things, which we consider trauma typically it's you think you we would blame the other person or we would recognize our resilience but we often don't and so a big part of this healing and acceptance journey is realizing we are survivors that we are resilient and honoring instead of saying I want to be there and I'm here and I hate myself for that honoring the incredible resiliency of your human spirit to still be here to still be um, willing to hope even if you don't feel a glimmer of it to still be wanting better for your heart and for your life and for the people in your life Um, I think that honoring ourselves can really help us accept where we're at because we realize wow the resiliency that I have is remarkable and it's beautiful and I'm going to honor all those parts of me that have gotten me to where I am today. So just that addition to, to what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Honoring our, it's so important to have that self-love and compassion and shifting from that, um, that this next slide, this, that judge, we judge ourselves, we criticize, we shame, we hate, we compare, we beat up on, we mock, we unaffirm, we silence. Like as we look at our stories and our interactions with our stories and our experiences, we, it's so hard not to do this. Um, and a lot of it because we have our story and we've been taught that this is acceptable, this is the right way to handle our stories. Uh, but we, we judge our choices, our reactions. We judge our anxiety, we judge our depression, we criticize it. Uh, we shame it. We 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 hate our mistakes. We compare ourselves to other people. Um, we mock our responses, our emotions. Um, we minimize them. We unaffirm them, and we silence them. But we invite you instead of doing these things to these reactions and um, and to ourselves and these parts of us, accept ourselves love ourselves these things that we do to our reactions to our sensations to our feelings to our story they perpetuate the lack of safety that we have experienced throughout childhood throughout our life and they contribute to the dysregulation of our nervous system we do these things because we didn't have safety 
And then we continue to do these things, creating a lack of safety and just perpetuating the lack of safety. We are just, our nervous systems are dysregulated because we're not safe. And so we invite you to instead of, and to notice the empowerment, the agency that you have to accept yourself to where you're at, uh, as imperfect, as messy, as sloppy as it is. Accept yourself there because you can, you have everything you need inside of you to take a step forward. You may need support, you may need help, you need, may need guidance, but that's everything you need is there to, to, to accept yourself, to make create safety for yourself, uh, to reparent your, your nervous system, to help it become more regulated. Uh, Peter Levine says, it's never too late to have the childhood we deserve. So let that sit in, sink in. It's never too late to have the childhood you deserve. Because we can give ourselves that. We can create, if we didn't have safety as a child, we can create safety for ourselves by accepting where we're at, by making space for where we're at, by entering into grief. The greatest place of safety we can find is within ourselves. We know what it's like to be us. And we can love, accept, sit with, enter into, understand, learn about. And over and over, I see people like, oh, I could do that to other people. Oh, I have no problem affirming their pain. Okay, so why, what's so hard about affirming your own pain? That's just an invitation to look at it, to be curious about it, to understand it. What is it that stops you? There's, there's answers. There's always a reason why we do the things that we do. The curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I can change. Releasing the desire to be recovered or healed at this very moment. Um, here's another paradox. We want to fight for our healing, whether it's physical or emotional or both. We want to fight for it. We want it so desperately um, that that can actually <laughs> become a hindrance because the body doesn't heal through force. It heals through a much, much more gentle way of being with it. And that's through the five pillars of healing that we'll talk about again in a minute. But this one being acceptance, the body doesn't heal through resistance or through force. It heals through deep, loving acceptance. And healing will happen at the time and the pace that it will happen. And no amount of force or urgency or, or um, planning or forcing what you want when you want it will make it speed it up. It just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish it did because that's way more natural for me. But healing doesn't happen through this. It happens through this. And I'm just releasing my hands um, and opening them to what, what is and what can be. Yeah, it's just as we were talking, I was just thinking, <laughs> we, we can't go into it today, but just about like attachment. 
like attachment happens through entering in, through accepting, um, not through fighting somebody to change or to be loved. Um, I just got that picture of like seeing it as we're just trying to even gain a secure attachment with ourselves. Mm-hmm. I know that's another conversation, um, but that's kind of that paradox of you can't, we, we understand that through relationships, we can't make somebody love ourselves, love us. We have to almost release them. And it's the same thing with, with ourselves. We can't fight towards healing or through acceptance or through progression. We, we have to release it and, and accept it and enter into it, who, where we're at, who we are today and, and love ourselves forward. Yes, I totally agree. Um, so that pressure to heal that we're talking about perpetuates a sense of unsafety in the body and mind. And unsafety perpetuates nervous system dysregulation. So that's the progress, okay? The pressure to heal perpetuates unsafety in the body and then unsafety perpetuates the nervous system dysregulation. That's why uh, pressure to heal is very counterintuitive or very counterproductive in the healing process. It's really, really difficult to cultivate acceptance when there's pressure looming over our heads, telling us we're not okay, that we need to hurry, that we're not doing enough. And this can come from society, from communities of faith, from workplaces, family members, um, family culture, but that type of um, looming obligation and pressure will never cultivate acceptance and healing. So we have to find a way to, to release that. Acceptance is living in reality of what is while remaining open to what can be. I love the hope for that, that that quote. Me too. The openness, there's so much possibility. Yeah. So the ABCs, here's our ABCs again. Um, This is how healing happens. And so we're doing this first pillar today of acceptance um, and then seeking beauty, growing in compassion, slowing down, learning to live at the rhythms and pace that our body can live at, and then um, cultivating embodiment. We'll cover each of these in a um, subsequent webinar. All right. So just a little bit of information of what we do and um, we'll be starting to see clients starting May 1st and booking, like I said earlier, booking opens today. So very exciting. We didn't plan that, but it's nice that that lands on on today. And we offer um, a couple different opportunity uh, ways to work with us. Uh, the, the signature pet program that um, we offer is where Lauren and I work together with trauma healing and pre- retraining, and we work um, comprehensively and uh, together, consulting together. And it's um, a great opportunity to work with both of us. And we also offer where I can work individually or as a couple uh, doing trauma healing and working through different avenues of that. And also, if long-term is maybe not the right fit for you, like uh, three months, three to six month packages, we, can also, we also offer um, intensives. 
So uh, two and a half days of working individually or again, or as a couple uh, for two and a half day intensives where you can work um, and two and a half days back to back and um, work on things intensively where there's a lot, a lot of momentum can be um, had there. And just to jump in and add, if you want to go back to that slide, the signature program is like Luke said, the one where Luke and I work together with our clients. And this is the one that would be best for you if you have chronic health issues or chronic pain. Um, this, this is the one that would be right for that condition if there's physical and emotional um, challenges going on. So. Yes, good point. Clarification in our website is down here at the bottom. And with the opening of our practice, we wanted to give some special offerings. So we are offering a 30% reduced rate for a limited uh, number of clients. Um, and there's the code there at the bottom and um, also 30% off of for a limited amount of clients for uh, two and a half day intensive as well. And the code is also there. And for those of you who are listening, um, the, for the Flourish Signature Program, the code is uh, the number 30 percent sign and off capitalized. Um, we'll put it in the link probably. And for intensive, it'll be just intensive 30. Yep, we can put it in the description. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about that after I started saying it. So <laughs> thank you everybody for listening and for being here. Uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for time. And we're going to now enter into the question answer time. While it is a joy to provide our podcast content as a source of life enrichment, please note that information shared is not intended to replace or contradict any professional therapy or medical advice.